It's October 13th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Wright Report, your daily news podcast. I've got three briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, the latest on the war in the Middle East. To include what we should know about today's global protests and those calls for jihad by Hamas, I've got warnings for us in Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., and New York City. Plus, breaking news that Israel's ground attack on Gaza might begin within the next 24 hours. Second, and switching gears to domestic news, some U.S. economic numbers that we need to talk about. Wall Street is quite happy about some recent inflation data, but most people in the U.S. are not. We will discuss why there is such a disconnect about inflation a little bit later. Third, a solar eclipse is slated for this weekend. It might be fun for you, but it is not going to be fun for people with solar panels. We'll cover that shocking piece of science in about 15 minutes. Later, a listener question today about comments that were made by former President Donald Trump. He described the terror group Hezbollah as very smart. Trump's opponents are blasting him for saying that. And my listener, Jared, from somewhere in America, wanted to know what I thought about that. So I will tell you whether or not Trump was right. But first, let's get to our top story of the morning. A series of updates for you connected to the war in the Middle East. We start first in France, where that country has banned protests that have been called for by the terror group Hamas. President Emmanuel Macron and his interior ministry have said that all protests, especially and namely those in support of Hamas, would be banned because, quote, they are likely to generate disturbances to public order, end quote. President Macron decided this in no small part because France is home to Europe's largest community of Muslims, about 5.7 million people. It is also home to Europe's largest Jewish community, which, taken together, well, that is a pretty combustible mix at present, thus the ban. Outside of France, other European countries are on alert this morning as well, Germany and the UK especially, both of whom have anywhere between 4 to 5 million Muslim residents. Italy, also on edge this morning with about 3 million followers there of Islam. For what it's worth, the U.S. has about 3.5 million Muslims, mostly in our major cities, and they have largely lived without problems and in peace for many years. But there are concerns that that could change. CBS News is reporting that multiple U.S. police departments in major cities are bolstering all of their police forces because of today's possible protests or, God forbid, acts of jihad. That includes police in Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, California, and New York City, where officials there with NYPD have canceled all time off for all of their officers. Instead, all cops must report to duty. New York's Mayor Eric Adams is insisting that he is doing this out of an abundance of caution. He says there is no credible threat to the city. Meanwhile, the FBI, they are saying much the same. They are encouraging people to stay alert, but that there is no credible threat. I will certainly keep you posted on this. Meanwhile, back in Israel this morning, breaking news actually overnight from the outlet Axios. And here is this news. The Israeli military is telling the United Nations to evacuate the northern section of the Gaza Strip, moving all civilians to the southern part of that territory. And to be clear, that is over one million people that are supposed to be moved. And that is why the U.N. is saying at this hour, quote, it is impossible 
for such a movement to take place without devastating humanitarian consequences, end quote. So folks, this suggests heavy shelling and a ground invasion are imminent. More to come. In the meantime, the Israeli military continues to fire artillery shells every 30 seconds into Gaza, including the more well-to-do neighborhoods and residential districts that are usually spared in these kinds of barrages. Well, as you would expect, there is a lot of damage. For instance, sewer lines busted open, raw sewage now on the streets. Water lines also burst, although they weren't exactly flowing. As listeners will recall, Israel has laid siege to all of Gaza's water, power, fuel, and other supplies. I should tell you that Israel says that they are dropping warning flyers throughout the areas that they are bombing, warning civilians to flee. Palestinians, however, say that they're not given enough advanced warning to do so. Israel is contesting that claim. Either way, the UN says that over 1,000 homes in the Gaza Strip have been destroyed so far, with another 550 or so larger buildings, like apartment complexes, blown up. As I've shared with you previously, that is happening because Hamas tends to co-locate its militant operations within civilian buildings, using them and the people inside as human shields. Indeed, the UN has reported on that extensively in the past. Well, sadly, all of this bombing and this likely invasion of these civilian areas, it's led to a lot of people dying, 1,500 Palestinians killed so far. Some hospitals have sustained damage in Gaza. And others are at full capacity with the wounded. And many of those patients, I am sorry to say, will likely perish. And that is because there is a total lack of electricity in Gaza this morning. Its only power plant is down. Fuel supplies, running generators, well, that fuel is running out. And that will mean that hospitals, amongst other locations, will likely be unable to power themselves and things like ventilators. And that means the patients will die. Indeed, Hamas is warning of that. Plus, they're asking for bulldozers to try to uncover the Palestinians that are covered in the rubble from Israel's bombings. Of course, Hamas, if I may, only has itself to blame for a lack of bulldozers. That is because they used them in their terror attacks last weekend to bust through the border walls and the fencing that they share with Israel. Moving on to other developments, we are also starting to see vigilante justice emerge in response to those Hamas terror attacks. For instance, in the West Bank, Israeli settlers are allegedly targeting groups of Palestinians, indeed killing two of them in revenge over the past couple of days. I would anticipate more of that to come. Overall, ladies and gentlemen, the situation in Gaza continues to deteriorate, which is what I expected and warned of on Monday. And it will almost certainly get worse as Israel prepares for this likely ground invasion, which indeed is expected over the next 24 hours. And frankly, if I may, that is the cost that Hamas knew it would pay when they planned their terror attacks last weekend. One final thing to report, the Biden White House has allegedly reached an agreement with the government of Qatar to freeze $6 billion in Iranian cash that was supposed to be given to Iran as part of a prisoner swap that happened a couple of weeks ago. As listeners will recall, Biden had taken serious heat for that agreement, all because the Iranians were likely to free up some other money in their bank accounts and redirect that to terror attacks, knowing that they were going to get this extra $6 billion. Although as of this recording, that might not happen after all. So those are the facts and data this morning on the major developments over the past 24 hours in what is a growing war in the Middle East. Let me now pivot to my analysis and opinion. 
So let's focus this morning on the global day of protests and possible jihad. A lot of you are writing in and are rightfully concerned about this. So I had a series of conversations with people that I know and trust that work for some of the government agencies that I used to work with. And I asked them about this threat, about Hamas's calls for protests and jihad. And I asked, how bad do y'all think this is going to get? And the response was, we don't know, which is not exactly good news. Because the reason that they don't know is because the FBI and Department of Homeland Security have changed their priorities over the past three years under Mr. Biden. And this is the change. They have been told to focus less on foreign terror threats and more on domestic terror threats. And that is, of course, well, as Mr. Biden said in May, white supremacy, quote, white supremacy is the single most dangerous terror threat in our homeland, end quote. The FBI, the DHS, and all of their leaders are echoing Mr. Biden and have for years now. I should say, and let me emphasize, that is not to say that the federal government has not investigated or prosecuted any crimes of foreign terror or Islamic terror. They have. Rather, it's a question of priority because you only have so many investigators and so many resources. And what Mr. Biden has told these limited investigators is that they must focus on white supremacy. And that is what they have done and will continue to do so long as Mr. Biden is in the White House. So, folks, I can't tell you whether or how bad it will get today or in the days to come. But to refresh our memories, all indicators say that there is a legitimate concern. And let's just refresh our memories on that. First, we have a record number of illegal migrants coming over the border with a record number of those on the FBI's terror watch list. Second, we also know that we've got Hezbollah sleeper cells inside this country. And third, we've got a shocking number of Democrats and leftist groups this morning with tens of thousands of followers who are celebrating both Hamas and their terror attacks. So you add all that up and there is a very potent argument to be made that we are exceptionally vulnerable. So as before, I offer you this. Keep alert today and frankly for a long while to come. There's no need to panic or live in some profound anxiety, but we should be prepared. Or if I could borrow a phrase from my British friends, keep calm, carry on. Just make sure you keep your head on a swivel as you do. Good luck to us all. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. For my subscribers listening at rightreport.substack.com, thank you. Meanwhile, for my other loyal listeners, an equal thanks and enjoy the following messages, remembering that if you don't hear my voice telling you about a product or service, then I do not endorse it. We'll be right back. Well, the world is just awful lately, isn't it? And sometimes it makes you just want to crawl into bed and scream into your mattress to make it all go away. Well, if you do, just make sure that your mattress is made by GhostBed. Seriously, folks, GhostBed makes the finest mattresses on the market today with craftsmanship and high-quality materials that you can feel as you fall asleep. And I would know. I have their Lux model, and I bought it because I sleep hot, and that thing helps keep me cool all night long for a great night's sleep. Now, people have asked, how does this technology work to cool you? I don't know. Magic? Maybe little elves in there somewhere with ice cubes? Probably. But it doesn't matter. Their mattresses, ladies and gentlemen, are top-notch. And if you don't believe me, that's okay. They have a 101-day trial period plus free shipping and returns, so you can try it out in the comfort of your own home. So go to ghostbed.com backslash right. 
That's W-R-I-G-H-T. And you can explore all of their incredible models. And right now, they are giving my listeners 40% off their ghost bed purchases. But you got to use that code right. Again, go to ghostbed.com backslash right. W-R-I-G-H-T. And get yourself the good night's sleep that you deserve. Folks, if there were ever a product that you should consider, man, this is it. Jace Medical. They provide an emergency supply of prescriptions and antibiotics. And here's why you should consider them. As listeners know, I have spoken about how China and India control most of our prescription drugs, including antibiotics. Well, what happens if a war should break out over, say, Taiwan or maybe a pandemic again? Well, we all know what happens. Our supplies of critical products get interrupted. And that is not acceptable if your life depends on it. So that is why I am proud to tell you about jacemedical.com. And here's how it works. You fill out a simple form at jasemedical.com. Then you speak with a board-certified physician. And within days, your order arrives at your home for emergency use. And I'll tell you, this is not for casual use, folks. Talk to your normal doctors for sniffles and such. This is for emergency use with potency lasting for years should the worst ever come. So friends, go to jacemedical.com, enter promo code right, that is W-R-I-G-H-T, and you will get a discounted order. Again, that is promo code right at jasemedical.com. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our briefs this morning with a pivot towards domestic news. First, let's talk numbers, inflation numbers, with Wall Street quite happy about those recent numbers, but all of you are not so happy. So here's that story with some data on why there is this profound disconnect between Wall Street, their economists, and you. Let's start with this. The U.S. Labor Department yesterday released the September numbers for consumer inflation in this country. The number was up slightly 0.4%, and that was a little bit higher than analysts were expecting. The increase was mostly driven by rent and housing, with some good drops in other categories like gas. But overall, most analysts and financial media outlets found that these inflation numbers were generally in line with expectations. A little bit heated, they said, but not too bad. Plus, they celebrated that September's inflation number was better than August. So progress, they said. In fact, one economist, a fellow named Paul Krugman, who's a Nobel Prize winning fellow economist, he's claiming not just progress on inflation, but victory over it. Quote, the war on inflation is over. We won at very little cost, end quote. So he tweeted that out, by the way, with a chart that showed that inflation indeed has been dropping for the past year and a half, excluding, though, things like food, energy, shelter, and used cars. Well, critics blasted him for that, saying that actually most people need things like food, energy, shelter, and cars. So to exclude those categories, 
It's a little disingenuous when trying to understand the state of the U.S. economy and the state of the American people. And that actually gets to the heart of this brief. There is a profound disconnect between economists, Wall Street, and you. And here's what I mean. As America's financial experts are saying that the war against inflation is won or largely won, we had that ABC News poll that came out a couple weeks ago that showed that 91% of Americans are angry about food prices. 87% of you are angry about gas and electricity prices. And 75% of us are unhappy with our incomes. And to that issue of incomes, here's why you are so upset. From January of 2020 through August of this year, Inflation has been higher than your wage increases, if you've had any. And that means that your buying power has been degraded. You're just not feeling the progress that Wall Street and the economists say that you should. Well, those are the facts and data of what you were likely to see regarding these latest inflation numbers that were released by the U.S. Labor Department and this disconnect between Wall Street, these fancy economists, and you. Let me offer you this very brief analysis and opinion. Just because a politician or a media pundit or outlet says that the economy is in great shape and that you should celebrate, it's okay if you don't. Because the data show pretty clearly that you have reason to be cranky this morning. And that is fundamentally because we are still living with the legacy of COVID policies. Right? We shut everything down. We locked everybody up. And now we still have the residual pain. And that's going to take time to sort out. How long? Well, who knows? But if there is some good news in all of this, and there is, it's that inflation, it's not as bad as it was last summer. We're just not back to normal yet. More to come. Finally this morning, there is a solar eclipse happening this weekend, and it is going to be a lot of fun for most of us, but not so much fun for solar farms and all the people that rely on them. So here's this story. For folks unaware, tomorrow will be an annular solar eclipse. It's going to start in Oregon. Uh, head down through Nevada, Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, then get to Texas before it heads to Central and South America. Now, you will get to experience this, though, even if you're not in those states. Partial eclipses will be seen throughout both North and South America, all the way from Pennsylvania South. And while that might be fun for most of us, and it will, it'll be no fun at all if you are, say, a solar panel, or you operate a solar farm, or you need electricity from one. And that is because the eclipse will start to affect solar power from the late morning through the early afternoon. In all, it's expected to knock out or degrade about 28,000 gigawatts of solar energy for at least four hours. By the way, that's the equivalent of one in nine homes in America that without, say, backup gas and coal would go black until power were restored when the sun would come back out. And that is why this eclipse and next year's big one are seen by energy analysts as very important testing events to see what our future might look like if we you know, have no backup power, no gas and coal or nuclear. For what it's worth, uh, California utility operators are the least concerned about this big test tomorrow, at least based on reporting by Bloomberg News. They say it's going to be pretty cloudy tomorrow in most of the state, so not much solar power will be online anyway. So, okay, that's good, I guess. By the way, these same operators say that they plan on using batteries and hydro and gas-powered resources to help offset any lack of green solar energy, as they called it. So folks, get out there and enjoy the eclipse this weekend. And for people reliant on solar power, well, good luck. I'm sure it will work out just fine.
with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. We'll be right back. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. It is a listener question sent to us from one of my paid subscribers at rightreport.substack.com. Jared from somewhere in America wrote in and he was asking me about a political fight that erupted yesterday. And here it is. Former President Donald Trump was at a rally in Florida. He was speaking to his supporters about a range of things, including the terror attacks in Israel. And he was offering his opinion. And he said this about a Hezbollah. Quote, you know, Hezbollah is very smart. They're all very smart, end quote. Well, as you would imagine, that made his political opponents very angry. At least they said they were. Joe Biden and his White House blasted Mr. Trump saying, quote, statements like this are dangerous and unhinged. It's completely lost on us why any American would ever praise an Iran-backed terrorist organization as smart, end quote. Meanwhile, his Republican opponent, Governor Ron DeSantis, blasted Trump as well. Quote, it is absurd that anyone, much less someone running for the presidency, would choose now to praise Hezbollah terrorists as very smart. End quote. Well, today's writer, Jared, wanted to know whether Trump was wrong or right to say that about Hezbollah, whether they were smart. So here's what I know, Jared, and let's put aside our politics and the timing of this statement and just look at the capabilities of Hezbollah. First, they effectively controlled the country of Lebanon, and that's a big deal. Second, they have about 100,000 fighters at their control all around the world. Third, the Iranian government gives them hundreds of millions of dollars each year to operate a global network of both terror activity as well as humanitarian aid organizations. Fourth, and finally, Hezbollah exists in every continent on the planet except for Antarctica for now. So is any of that good? No, of course not. That is very bad. But Trump said that they were smart, not good, which, given what I just said, it seems to me that you can fairly and reasonably claim that while this terror organization is absolutely evil, it can also be characterized as smart as it carries out their evil. So in my view, Trump is not wrong in what he said. However, could a reasonable person debate the timing of saying that or the phrasing of what he used? Sure, that's fair, fine. But Jared, I think it's pretty darn important to remember that terror organizations can be both evil and smart. And that is a lesson that I thought we learned after 9-11 when 19 hijackers attacked this country and killed thousands of people despite all the money and all the people that the United States government had trying to detect and defend this nation against that very kind of threat. So let's remember that and not get caught up in the politics of the thing because we have a country to defend.
And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you on Monday, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. Through the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day.